stand in this place and uh, attempt to bring you what I believe God is saying to us here and hopefully by the grace of God we're being changed together by the word of God as we just heard exhorted through Kay there you know we are in a time like the earth has never known before it is a time like the earth has never known before ever charting new territories a lot of things happening right now that have been foretold they've been you know prophesied and God's done what he does to kind of prepare us for these things but we're living now in a place like the earth has never known before and I'm convinced we need to pay attention I'm convinced it's not a time to just be kind of floating around and floating through life things can happen and they can happen suddenly and quickly but they don't have to catch us unaware that is not God's plan that we be caught unaware and so we've been really for some time now uh, looking at the call of God on the church trying to make that real practical and boil it right down to us here that God's intention for the church is not for her to go into some kind of hiding somewhere in the sense of like you know this this really is the church's finest hour as the world gets more and more troubled it is actually the stage for the preaching of the gospel I'm not going to take time to go through all that stuff again but this is not a time for us to be in the retreat mode this is the advance mode of the church and we're supposed to be about the father's business getting oil in our lamps filling up on everything the Holy Ghost will make available for us don't ever underestimate you know the way things are if God is pouring things out be assured it's because you and I need them he's not just kind of squandering resources and throwing things out he's doing it because there's a need we have both present and future need that's the whole parable in Matthew 25 of the ten virgins the five wise and the five foolish you know the foolish ones you know the story didn't see the importance of the hour that they were living in they got a little slack concerning the opportunities that were available for them they didn't go and grab the resources that were available and when the hour came that the bridegroom was returning and that is the hour we're living in uh, everybody trimmed their lamps but the foolish didn't have enough oil to finish the course they didn't have enough to make it to the end and so they started going to those who had been diligent and saying give us some of your oil and I think even though they wanted probably to give them their oil they couldn't because it doesn't work that way <laughs> it's not how you get it you gotta personally weigh in here and personally own your responsibility it's nothing you can hang on somebody else's coattail on in this sense and God I believe in this hour is calling out to people he's saying come to me I've got grace for you. And by the way, it's not too late yet. It's not too late yet. I love the story in Matthew 20 of the laborers and the, 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 you know, the guy that owns the vineyard and whatever comes and he says, hey, you want to go to work? In the beginning of the day and they come to work, he says, I'll hire you. I'll pay you a day's wage, a good, good wage. 
and they come to work and he goes out later and finds somebody later in the day who's sitting idly by and he says hey how about coming to work and he goes out and he goes out towards the very last part of the day and he finds people last hour of the day he says hey what are you doing sitting here he said well nobody asked us nobody gave us an he says well come on he puts them all to work and the people at the end of the day the very end of the day get paid the same amount as those who started at the beginning so even though you may be at the end of the thing listen don't miss your moment this could be your greatest moment and we need a fresh stirring and that's really kind of in part what i want to speak into today because we're still talking about the gifts of the holy spirit and i'm convinced god's provision god's provision god himself god the holy spirit who's taken up his residence in the heart of each believer, right? Not only has he come to dwell, he's come to live and move and have his being in us and through us, right? To a lost world. And we've talked about it from many different angles. Uh, You know, the messages are now, I think, up on the internet. If you want to go back and begin listening to them, We've been asking some important questions because God's plan is that in the last day, living waters are going to begin flowing from the church. Out of your belly will flow a river of living water. This spake he of the Holy Spirit. He's talking to the church. Zechariah 14, 8. In that day, living waters will flow out of Jerusalem. A picture of the church. I'm telling you, we're living in the hour when the Spirit of God is going to begin flowing through the church like never before The question is, at what level will we be flowing with God? So we've been asking over and over again, how is it flowing? Where is it going? And is it growing? Because all of those things should be happening. There should be some kind of flow in your life. Outflow. You know, there's true. We first come to Christ because we're needy, right? If any man thirsts, let him come unto me and drink, right? And he that believes on me, As the scripture has said, out of his belly will flow. So it starts with a need I have. I come to Christ. I get my need met. But then I'm not supposed to just go occupy a pew somewhere or a church seat somewhere and always be on the receiving end. God's plan is first to me and then through me to somebody else. That's the plan. And truth is, if it comes to me and it doesn't start moving through me, what comes to me can actually work against me. Yeah. You can be deceived. Right? We become a self-indulging society. So there's something to my own health. I need to give it away. (laughs) You know, I need to give it away. If I don't give it away, I become ill, spiritually speaking. And I need, I can't tell you how many times, you know, I've had to just stop and thank God for the privilege of the role I have as a pastor because... I need this. You might think I'm doing this for you, but I'm doing this for me a lot of times, you know. This helps me process my own journey, my own walk with God. It's very important for me. And I tell you, if I didn't have, if I wasn't obedient to this place that God has chosen for my life, I'd be one miserable camper. I just would be. But here I am, just as needy as you today, just trying to be faithful with the flow God's given me. And in that flow, I'm growing and I'm going. Amen. Not always going to be hanging out right here. I'm going to India, God willing, in November, and I'm looking forward to it. If God is willing, and we believe he is, we're pushing out with a team to India. 
And I believe, we'll be, we're, I tell you, there's, we won't go into it now. Take too much time. I'll be bringing you updates about India. But let me get on with the, today's topic matter because I believe we're at a time when some, some shakings are coming, but there's also another kind of shaking coming, and it's a shaking that's not created by a world in trouble. It's a shaking created by a church on fire for God. These few men have turned the whole known world upside down. That's because there was people marching in lockstep with the Holy Spirit. They were on mission. They were doing the works of the ministry with Christ. That's what's going to happen. I'm telling you, it's going to shake the world. It's going to shake the world. The Spirit of God through a people is going to capture the world's attention. Capture the world's attention. Signs and wonders and mighty deeds. Words of wisdom. Words of prophecy. Things that are going to be so critical at such critical moments that are going to change the course of history. You say, well, that's pretty lofty stuff. Just read your Bible. It's really what the Bible says. In the last days, says God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. Your sons and your daughters will prophesy. Your young men are going to dream dreams. Your old men see visions. I'm going to do an amazing thing. I'm going to raise up an army in the last day and no one will stand before them. The earth is going to shake as they walk throughout the nations. You and, you and I, we're a part of that. Amen. So throw off your other mindset, whatever that looks like, and put on this mind. It's our greatest hour, and God's giving us the tools and the weapons and the resources necessary to be successful. Glad you're here today. And uh, we're today going to talk about uh, the last two gifts, I'm going to partner them up to, together today because they're related to each other in a unique way. Uh, we've been reading out of 1 Corinthians chapter 12. We're talking about the flow of the Holy Spirit according to the Scripture, which is manifested both in giftings and in fruits. But we're dealing with the gifting side right now. And this gift that we're going to talk about, actually gifts together we're going to talk about today, are found in 1 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 10. And it's basically this. The gift of tongues and the interpretation of tongues. Tongues and interpretation of tongues. Now, there's a lot of interesting um, debate, I guess is a fair word, that goes on around this gift of tongues, and more specifically, this particular gift of tongues, because we'll see it in a moment. There's more than one gift of tongues. You've got to see that in the Scripture to understand and rightly divide the word and understand what the Apostle Paul is speaking to. But this gift of tongues and interpretation, the tongue that goes with an interpretation, is a powerful and an important gift needed for the church like never before. Haven't heard many tongues here of late in this respect. I've heard people praying in their own personal tongue, personal prayer language but not a prophetic tongue. It hasn't really been manifest. And I'm hoping after this teaching that those of you that are sitting on that gift, hello, I'm talking to somebody, <laughs> would get off of the gift and give the gift that God's given you so that God can increase it and so that God can touch people in the way he intended to touch them through this anointing. It's a gift to the body of Christ and a gift to the lost, we'll find out in a minute. In order to 
kind of set the stage just so you can get your hands around this. And I pray that you, you care about getting your hands around it. Make sure, check me out. Make sure I'm teaching the Bible here today. Don't just nod your head and say amen to any preacher. You need to search the scriptures. Can you say amen to that? And, uh, and check and see if these things are real or not. So in order to kind of get a good flavor for what uh, we need to say this morning about how this gift works and the distinction between the tongues, I want to just kind of refer to the gift of faith. Remember when we talked about the gift of faith? And we said it's something very important. That was one of the, uh, the gifts listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And to one is given faith. Okay, to one. It's real specific and unique. And we said that not everybody operates in that kind of faith. It's an actual gift, an individualized gift for the body, a supernatural faith. But we also said that every born-again believer, actually not even that, God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. Let me just give you the scriptures if you're writing them down. Romans chapter 12 and verse 3. I'll read it to you. For I say through the grace given unto me to every man that is among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly, according as God has dealt to every man the measure of faith. So here we've got an interesting scripture. Everybody has been given a measure of faith. But not everybody has the gift of faith listed in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Go there, 1 Corinthians 12 and 9. That's just the list. I'm just repeating it, but I want to read it to you from the scripture. 1 Corinthians 12 and 9. To another, this is in a list of giftings, to another, faith by the same Spirit. All right, so just catch this. I hope I'm being simple enough here today. Everybody's been given a measure of faith. So everybody's got faith, right? The ability to believe. But not everybody has, 1 Corinthians 12, 9, the gift of faith, which is this kind of extra, it's like, it's like common faith on steroids, it's the ability to believe when everybody else is coming unglued and they can't see it. This supernatural gift to the body of faith is a faith that's at a whole new level that's so bold and radical in its ability to see past the immediate circumstances. It's powerful faith. Faith that moves mountains. It's, it's amazing faith. That's a gift to the body. And truth is, not everybody functions in it. However, if you belong to a spirit-filled church and somebody in that church has that gift, and you're a part of that body, guess what? You've got the gift via your relationship to the person who has it. Did you catch that? Got to say that over and over again. So many times, your provision is in the life of the person sitting beside you. And we want to go get all isolated sometimes and, and, and think that I can make it on my own. No, 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 no. God's designed this thing in such a way that I need you, and you need me. That's why we... We're a body together, right? So, we've got two kinds of faith. Common faith for everybody. Everybody gets it. And then we've got this gift of faith. I submit to you, the same approach and the same principle applies to the gift of tongues. Okay, I want you to see this. There is a tongue. I'm convinced. Don't really have time today to dig all the scriptures out, but if you're interested in, and you're sincere and you want to talk about this more, I'd be happy to sit down with you and talk through the scriptures with you if you've got questions about this particular thing I'm about to say. But I'm convinced it's God's intention for every born-again believer to pray in an unknown tongue. Now I'm not talking about the 1 Corinthians chapter 
12, and we're going to see it in chapter 14 gift, which is used for prophecy and for a sign and a wonder to the lost and the unlearned. I'm talking about the gift of tongues that's for personal edification. Your spirit praying up, being built up in your own spirit. I'm convinced of that. Do we force feed people that? No. I'm just telling you, I believe if you search the scripture, you'll find out that this gift is available for every born-again believer. I'm convinced of it, absolutely. But it's different then, just like faith, common faith for everyone, and then the gift of faith. It's different from the tongue and interpretation of tongue we're going to talk about today. Are you with me still? So there's two different kinds of, of tongues. And so, you know, to, to really get the, the gist of this, you know, I was thinking about how can, I, how can I maybe illustrate this a little bit. I was thinking about like, and I asked Eric, and he brought it. You're so awesome, brother. All right. Glory to God. Every man should have just said, Amen. This is 18 volts, too. Gotta love it. Okay, so um, where's the hammer function, Eric? You gotta click it. Oh, I got it. See it. Okay, got it. Okay, so this is the drill. Cordless drill. Thank God for cordless drills. And, um, but this drill is not just any drill. Cordless, it's nice, but it's also a hammer drill. Anybody know what a hammer drill is? A hammer drill is an added function, okay? And when you put the hammer in place, let's see. Hear that? It actually is going in and out, not only turning, okay? It's a hammer drill. Wow, and it's a good one. That's used for drilling concrete. When you put a concrete bit in there, and it brrr, it's spinning and pulsating at the same time, and it hammers. It's a hammer, okay? And it hammers into whatever thing you're trying to drill through. It's, it's awesome. <laughs> Just want you to know this is awesome. This is, this is the real deal. And this one, this isn't the Bible that sits on the coffee table. I want you to notice this drill. This thing gets used, okay? And uh, that's a whole nother sermon in itself. Okay, thank you, Eric. Actually, I'm going to hold on to this because <laughs> you never know when I might, I might need it there just to remind us of why that's important. To have a drill that has more than the normal functions. When we're talking about the gift of tongues, we've got the regular tongues, the regular drill, and then we've got tongues with a hammer bit. Same thing different function just a, just a switch and there's a lot of similarities there's still you know people get all sideways trying to discern what the scripture is talking about because they don't understand that these things can actually be very similar and actually very much a part of the same thing but have a unique element to it that brings something to it it's it's a tool for specific types of things specific situations god is aren't you glad that god didn't just leave us with the common drill alone but he's actually given us something that can take us somewhere quicker, more effectively. It's custom made. And I believe the importance of it for this hour is huge because we're drilling through some concrete. Come on, somebody talk to me. We've got some hard things that are going to take a little extra punch. A little Wouldn't you like to just come up here and do that? Preaching's awesome. I mean, who, who needs a gym membership? I want to, me, <laughs> if you want to know the truth. Uh, 
You too. Okay, let's have another altar call. Gym, gym membership altar call, okay? <clears throat> Regular drill versus hammered drill. Two separate functions, same type of gift, same type of tool, but two different functions. And as you read and try to understand this gift of tongues with interpretation, okay, they go hand in hand, they must, according to Paul, um, we need to, to kind of just understand in our heart the distinction between common tongues and the tongue for the congregation and for the unlearned and the unbeliever. Common tongue, my personal edification. I pray in that tongue, I'm talking to God, I'm not talking to you. I'm praying to God. My spirit, Paul says, is praying to God. It's not about conversing or trying to communicate in any other realm other than me to God. Jennifer touched on it this morning. Spirit to spirit. He that prays in an unknown tongue, his spirit is praying. Right? But his understanding is unfruitful. So my spirit prays. My spirit prays. And Paul says that's happening when you're praying in an unknown tongue. I like to liken it, you know, when a kid, a little child that doesn't know how to talk yet, Jennifer kind of alluded to this a little bit as well. But you know, kids, even though they don't have intelligent words, they still talk to you, don't they? All kinds of noises, all kinds of things, and in their own way, they're doing everything they can to express themselves. Well, I believe that the unknown tongue for the individual is like that in some ways. It's kind of our way of reaching out to God and talking to God in our spirit. But it's actually a perfect language that God understands. The other tongue, so we've got one for personal edification, this other tongue with the hammer drill bit, okay, is actually equal to the gift of prophecy. Remember when we talked about prophecy, right? We prayed for each other, edification, exhortation, and comfort, right? Well, this other gift of tongues, when it's accompanied with an interpretation, is equal to prophecy, but it has a really unique added element and that is that if there's somebody in the room who doesn't know the Lord or they're what the Bible calls unlearned they don't get it yet they haven't yet been taught okay that when that gift is functioning that tongue not my personal prayer language but a word from God publicly declared with boldness but in an unknown language and then an interpretation follows it it's that breaking something off. It's a sign to the unbeliever or to the unlearned. It actually has the ability to crack the hardness and the predictableness of religious activities. It actually busts through some things. We get so stuck. And that thing is just one of those kind of gifts that just shakes it up. It just... And God knows some things need shaking up. Is this the only tool? No, but it's a good one. And we need it. And I'm believing God for an increase of it. Now, it's supposed to work a certain way. There are certain, you know, things. And I, and I don't want to take too much time with this this morning, but if you're writing scriptures down, you know, I was considering just 2 Peter 3 and 16, where Peter is talking about his beloved brother Paul who has things to say that sometimes are often hard to be understood okay imagine that the apostle Paul wrote some things that are often hard to understand and I, I would have to agree with Peter because sometimes like when I'm when we're getting ready to read first Corinthians chapter 14 
And as you read down here, you say, Paul, couldn't you have just said that differently? <laughs> I mean, couldn't you have just come out that differently? But for some reason, we got one of these passages that requires us just a little grace here to rightly divide. Actually, what I did in my notes is I color-coded a few things. I kind of outlined this passage of Scripture, and I color-coded them so you'd know, are we talking about common? Are we talking about that one? Or are we talking about the gift of prophecy? Because there's kind of three things in this passage of Scripture. Is it normal prophecy? Is it tongues with an interpretation, which is equal to prophecy, which is... Are you with me? Okay. Or is it just good old tongues for the edification of the believer? Three things. Say those with me. Say which one are you going to say first, right? <laughs> uh -huh, just tracking you out. Just go ahead and pray in tongues and you won't go wrong. Okay. Yeah. Watch my... That's okay. It's all right. My wife, she loves me. But we're good. Okay. So there's, there's like regular prophecy. Okay. Prophecy. Remember what that is? That's a, that's a word in English. That's, a, that's an exhortation. It could be thus says the Lord. Or, you know, it's, it's one of those words that inspired... A person's inspired and they're bringing a revelation from the Lord. A prophecy in the local church, okay? Prophecy. Then you've got tongues with interpretation. That is likened to prophecy, equal to prophecy, but it's powerful and it's, 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 a, it's a sign and a wonder. It's a power gift, okay? And then you've got just regular tongues. We've got regular tongues, tongues with interpretation, which is the power that we're talking about. Is that bothering you? <laughs> Praise God. <laughs> I ain't never going back to that church, man. I just, God, just annoyed me to that. Amen. You won't forget this sermon. And if you do, come here. I'll put a mark on you. You'll never forget this sermon. <laughs> Wait until I put the bit in here. Then we're going to really get going. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Tongues. My own tongues for God and me. Tongues with interpretation. <laughs> Cracking some stuff open for the body and for visitors that are unbelievers or unlearned. Okay? And then just the gift of prophecy. Now, the only reason I'm including the gift of prophecy here because we're getting ready to read a scripture, a passage of scripture. And these three things appear in this portion of scripture. But Paul could have, in my opinion, I love Paul. Paul, one day I'm sure you'll correct me. I think he could have worded it a little differently and it would have made it a little simpler, okay? Peter agrees with me that Paul has things and he doesn't say them well. That's my opinion. All right. So let's just look at this passage of Scripture. All right. By the way, by the way, tongues and interpretation of tongues. When we talk about interpretation, we're not so much talking about a translation. Okay? You know, a translation would be if I was sitting down and you wrote something in Spanish and now I'm going to translate what you wrote, I would try to take every word and translate it into English. Let's say, word by word, I would try to pull them over into English. That's a translation. An interpretation is more of I'm, I'm just giving you the essence of what's being said. Okay? I'm actually giving you the spirit of what's being said. I, and so you could actually have two people, you could have one prophetic tongue come forth and two people interpret it with using different words but still communicating the essence and the spirit that God was that was behind that message okay so important to just kind of make that personal note that we're talking about an interpretation 
of something given by the Spirit. And that's going to come through the personal lens of the person doing the interpreting. Are you with me this morning? All right. So, 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14, beginning in verse 1. I'm going to just begin reading down through here. And, you know, don't worry if you don't get the notes all the way. I, I encourage you to take notes, but don't get too distracted in taking notes because... This is a unique message today. You can always go online. And by the way, uh, our podcast thing is going to be functioning again with the new website we got stood up. So if you want to just get it on a podcast, and Eric's going to give you some details on how to do that at some point. But you can go back and slow it down and listen to it at your own pace. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 1. Follow after charity or love and desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you may prophesy. What prophecy are we talking about? normal prophecy prophecy okay prophesy rather that you may prophesy for he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not unto men but unto God for no man understands him howbeit in the spirit he speaks mysteries now let me I'm going to do this a little different than I thought I would but here it is Paul is addressing the Corinthian church who has gotten this outpouring of the Holy Spirit. No, I mean, there's no history here to go off of. They need help figuring this stuff out. They, don't, they can't read their Bible, you know, on this one. They don't have it all there. And so Paul the Apostle, God put him there to help them understand how to do it. And they had a problem with this gift, tongues. And the problem was this. They were trying to talk to one another in tongues. Now, maybe you haven't read that in, this, in the text, but we just read one clue to that point. He said, he that prays in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God. He, 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 you know, if I come unto you speaking in an unknown tongue, he says. You see, they're, they're, they're actually trying to talk. So they got this gift, and now they think, oh, this is how we're supposed to communicate with each other. And they're talking in this heavenly language that makes zero sense to any people group on the planet. This isn't like some people try to say, well, that's just, they were speaking in, they have a gift of foreign languages. Let me tell you, this is beyond just foreign languages. This is an unknown, capitalize it, tongue. Unknown tongue. Not just to the people present. Unknown because it's the tongue of men and the tongue of angels. It's not a human tongue. It's not a natural tongue. So here Paul's saying, you know, if I come unto you speaking in an unknown tongue, he says, you know, he that prays in an unknown tongue is talking to God, not to men. That's why I'm convinced that this gift, this tongue, is the personal tongue for edification. Are you with me this morning? We have two types of tongues, one for myself and one that's bigger that goes... What happened to my drill? This one, that one, that's the one. This first one is just me. Paul says, I'm talking to God. Everybody in this room needs to talk to God. Everybody. Your spirit is longing to talk to God. And guess what? Hear it now. Your mind, though you can talk to God through your mind, you've got to be careful because your mind is limited in its vocabulary. 
Your, your spirit knows things that your mind has not a language for. That's the bottom line. You're, yeah, you're, you're understanding. And actually, here's the danger spot, is that the carnal mind, the natural mind, is at enmity with God. It literally means is at war with God. Your natural thinking. God says, my thoughts are above your thoughts. My ways are above your ways and so on. So this is really a gift from God, personal tongues, to build up your spirit, to let you pray spirit to spirit with the Lord. It's the most awesome and beautiful gift. I'm forever grateful to the Lord, unashamed of the gift of tongues. I don't care what group you try to throw me in. You know, charismatic, charismatic. I don't care. doesn't matter to me. It's life to me. And I'm convinced it's for every born-again believer. Does God still love you if you don't speak in tongues? Absolutely. Are you still going to heaven if you don't speak in tongues? Absolutely. It's not, it's not, this thing isn't about heaven and hell. This is about your own personal edification. And what you do with it is really, you know, a question you have to answer to the Lord. But again, talk to me later if you've got more questions about it. So, follow after love, desire spiritual gifts, but rather that you might prophesy. That's in English. For he that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not, un, speaks un, not unto men, but unto God. For no man understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaks mysteries. But he that prophesies speaks unto men. This is the prophecy in English. Right? Remember, we did this one unto edification, to exhortation, and to comfort. He that speaks in an unknown tongue, what kind of tongue is that? Personal tongue. Edifies himself. Okay? But he that prophesies edifies the church. Okay? So we've got prophecy we're talking about in English where the church, somebody stands up and says, thus says the Lord. Or I hear the Lord saying this. That's prophecy, okay? I'm edifying myself or I'm edifying the church. All right. Brother, you know where the off button is on that? <laughs> Maybe you can't hear it back there. But we've got like uh, some kind of little Johnny jump up toy going off up here. And it's... <laughs> we need a kid to shut this thing off. Can we have a kid that can shut this thing off? <laughs> you get it? <laughs> all right awesome when it says bye it's off moving is it back on yeah there you go take the batteries out need a screwdriver well it's raining outside you could stick it in a puddle i think that'll that'll <laughs> thanks joseph no worries hey Every parent knows how those, those are tools of the trade. <laughs> All right. He that prophesies speaks unto men. Right? See the difference? One speaking to men, one speaking to God. To edification, exhortation, and comfort. Verse 4. He that speaks in an unknown tongue edifies himself, but he that prophesies edifies the church. I would that you all spoke with tongues but rather that you prophesied, talking about collectively in the church setting. For greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks with tongues, except 
he interprets that the church may receive edifying. Now what he's saying is, you know, I'd, I'd rather, I'm looking for ways when you come together for the body to be built up together. When you come together, seize the moment because there's opportunities to share grace with each other. When you're by yourself, function in your personal grace. Tongues to the Lord, function there, okay? But when you're together, look for ways to build the body because you've got a grand opportunity to share with each other something you're carrying and the body can grow and be healthy as a result of it. So he's basically saying to us here, you know, I, you know, I want you all to pray in tongues, but when you're coming together, I'd rather you'd prophesy than be focused on you just talking to God, although you can do that in a local church setting. Just talk to God. We'll see it in a second. But my real goal is find ways to get outside of just yourself and build up the body. Are you with me? That's really what he's saying here. Okay? For greater is he that prophesies than he that speaks with tongue, except he interprets. Now we've got the hammer drill on. If you've got a tongue with an interpretation, we've got tongues, it's the drill, but we've got another opportunity that can break something open. Tongues with an interpretation. Okay? He says when that's going on, then now we've got something happening. That's, that's worth going after. And by the way, most would agree, that makes this equal to prophecy, but I think even... Um, I don't want to say better than standard prophecy. I just want to say unique in its ability. Okay? Standard prophecy is good for building up the body, right? Encouraging people, edifying, exhorting, and so on. But tongues and interpretation, which now means we've got our, our own language, an interpretation coming forth about what that was, but it came with an anointing that's spiritual. This tongues thing is spiritual. And what it does is it pulls people out of natural reasonings and it bumps them into the realm of the Spirit because the tongue is unknown initially. And now we have a sign and a wonder that's cracking things open. And I'm almost done with the drill. But we've got to crack some things open. And this gift comes to crack some things open. Amen. Now, brethren, verse 6. If I come unto you speaking with tongues. You see, there's, what, there's the issue Paul's addressing with tongues in the Corinthian church. They're trying to talk to each other in tongues. And he's saying, if I come unto you speaking with tongues, what shall I profit you? Except I shall speak to you either by revelation or by knowledge or by prophesying or by doctrine. And even things without life giving sound, whether pipe or harp, except they give a distinction in the sound. How shall it be known what is piped or harped? For if the trumpet give an uncertain sound, who shall prepare himself for the battle or to the battle? So likewise you, except you utter by the tongue words easy to be understood, how shall it be known what is spoken? For you shall speak into the air. There are, it may be, so many kinds of voices in the world, and none of them without significance. Therefore... If I know not the meaning of the voice, I shall be unto him that speaks a barbarian, and he that speaks shall be a barbarian unto me. Even so, you, for as much as you are zealous of spiritual gifts, seek that you may excel to the edifying or building up of the church. Wherefore, 
Let him that speaks in an unknown tongue pray that he may interpret. Now, this is a tongue that is not to God word, but to the congregation word. This is where you've got to make your distinctions. This isn't me talking to God. He that's praying in a tongue, hoping to communicate to the body or somebody present, needs to pray for the interpretation or know that there's somebody present with the complementary gift of interpretation. Okay? Are you with me? Anybody that's speaking in this kind of tongue needs to have, be looking for the interpretation. For if I pray in an unknown tongue, my spirit is praying, but my understanding is unfruitful. And really, you know, I, I believe that this could be either one of the tongues. My personal tongue, my spirit's praying, my understanding's unfruitful. Or if I'm praying in a tongue for the congregation, like a prophetic kind of a thing, it's still my spirit praying, my understanding's not fruitful. I've got to have an interpretation for this thing for it to help people. All right? What is it then? Here's what Paul concludes. I love this. I will pray with the Spirit. That means in tongues. He just said it. And I will pray with the understanding also. I will sing with the Spirit. And I will sing with the understanding also. You know, there's something powerful about singing in the Spirit. You know, we, we just, this one of these songs we were just singing had this little chorus in there. Uh, I can't think of the melody right now. La, 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 la. Something, I forget. Something like that. But you know, don't you love la-las? Listen, you might not be a tongue talker yet, but if you do la-las, you're not far off. I just want you to know. La-las is close, okay? So when you get la-la opportunities during worship, just hang out there a little longer. La-la-la-la. Before you know it, you'll be la-da-bo-sha-ra-ba-ta-na. You're there! Glory to God. You were that close today, and you didn't even know it. If you were singing. Singing in your spirit. You know, your spirit wants to sing. What liberty? Who told you you had to use intelligent words to express yourself? We didn't start off that way. Yeah, I don't think we're going to end up that way either. Now, it's true for communicating to one another. We need to use language that, that we understand with one another. But communicating with God, spirit to spirit, that's singing in the spirit, praying in the spirit. And then from that place, with your understanding. I'm convinced there's a, there's a reason to the order here. I appreciate your patience today. Because I really got, this is a lot of stuff to get out, and you're just doing great. I got to tell you, I want to just, just tell you you're doing great today. I know it's a lot to listen to. Your he says, I, I, this is what I'm going to do. I will pray with my spirit, which is in tongues. He just finished saying it. He that prays in an unknown tongue, his spirit prays. That's what he said. So I will pray with my spirit. And then he says, and I will pray with my understanding also. I'm convinced of this. When I pray in the, there's a, there's a reason to the order of that. When I pray in the spirit first, then as I'm praying in the Spirit, kind of denying my own limited thinking, God's thoughts drop into me and I can now pray with understanding. Right? I can pray with my Spirit and then with my understanding. Job 32 and 8, if you're taking notes. Job 32 and 8. It says there is a Spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty gives him understanding. So it starts with there's a Spirit in us 
And by the Spirit, we gain understanding from God. So I will pray with my spirit, and then I will pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, and I will then sing with my understanding. There's a powerful access we have to God, spirit to spirit, and then we gain heaven's thoughts, and then that's what we're supposed to be prophesying, that's what we're supposed to be declaring, not a bunch of CNN and Fox News. Amen. By the Spirit. So, so he says, what shall I do? I'm going to pray with my spirit, pray with my understanding, sing with my spirit, sing with my understanding. Verse 16, else when you shall bless with the Spirit, how shall he that occupies the room of the unlearned say amen at your giving of thanks, seeing he understands not what you say? For truly, you truly give thanks well, but the other is not built up or edified. Um, I thank God, Paul says, I speak with tongues more than you all. Now, I think he's talking about his own personal edification. I speak with tongues, personally, more than you all. Yet in the church, here we go, different function, different tool. In the church, I had rather speak five words with my understanding that my voice, that by my voice, rather, I might teach others than 10,000 words in an unknown tongue, meaning a tongue without an interpretation or a personal edification tongue. I don't want to be doing those. I'd much rather, when I'm together with people, look for ways to build the body. Okay, it's pretty simple. So he says, Brethren, don't be children in understanding. How be it in malice be children, but in understanding be men. In the law it is written, with men of other tongues and other lips will I speak unto this people, and yet for all that they will not hear me, says the Lord. Now hear this. This is an important verse. Verse 22. Wherefore, tongues. Now this is talking about the tongues with the interpretation. Wherefore, tongues are for a sign not to them that believe, but to them that believe not. You've got to make sure you mark what tongue this is. This isn't my personal tongue. This is the tongue. This is this tongue. Wherefore tongues? That tongue, right there, is for a sign. Not to the believer. You know, as a believer, you should already be convinced. You know? This is not for the believer, but to them that believe not. But prophesying, right, serves not for them that believe not, I'm so, but for them which believe. So really prophecy is for us that believe. You know, we're encouraging, we're exhorting, we're helping each other out, okay? But this tongue that he's talking about is a sign. Now that's, that's if you don't catch anything else, catch that today. It's designed to capture the attention of someone who does not yet believe or is unlearned, okay? And it's got the added edge to it. It's got the added wow factor. It's got the, the shock and awe. You know, marketing today and all these places, people are always looking to find a way to, you know, we, we, we tend to tune out, don't we? Now, all of you look at me right now. Those of you that are sleeping, wake up right now. It's easy, isn't it? You get so used to hearing the same old, same old, same old, same old, same old, same old. So God says, I've got to do something to get people out of that mindset. So what does he do? He spins out something that's going to break it open. And Paul's saying right here, this gift comes to make that happen 
in your life. Okay? So he goes on to say this. If the whole church is come together into one place and all speak with tongues. Now notice, remember, this could be you talking personally or this could be people trying to talk to each other like Paul was addressing. If everybody's talking in tongues and there comes in those that are unlearned or unbelievers, will they not say that you are mad? Ever heard that one? Yet, were you ever that person? <laughs> Did you ever come? Listen, most of us have come from some, you know, some have come right up in Pentecostalism and are very familiar with the gifts of the Spirit and tongues and so on, but probably the majority of us came out of maybe nothing or mainline traditional churches that didn't really embrace the gifts publicly, if anything. And uh, when, what happened to the day you first stepped into a charismatic church? Oh my gosh. It's like these people have lost a cog. I mean, something is missing, but something is present. But it's kind of like something's crazy in here. What's going on? Until you figured out that, hey, that's in the Bible, you know? I don't know how it was for you, but for me, I was so just tired of dead religion. All right, here's a quick little story. So when I moved down here, I had never been in a Protestant church in my life, okay? I was raised as a Roman Catholic, wonderful parents. They did an awesome job of raising me in the religion that they had received as well. But I had gotten off into Eastern religions, martial arts. I got off into a bunch of stuff, just kind of looking, you know. I was looking for something that was going to fit where I was. And I came down here, and I saw this sign on the side of the road for a tent crusade. This was downtown, basically in the hood in Fernadina. Okay? And uh, so I drove around looking, and I saw this little tent. It was, gosh, just a, you know, little, little like this, right? set up in this little corner on a street corner somewhere and there was a sign for a tent meeting and they had the times and everything so I came all by myself I was the only white boy in the room in the tent okay but these people were so loving they just embraced me they brought me they were so glad to see me so I couldn't I, I thought you know I don't, what am I doing this is this is definitely out of my comfort zone so all of a sudden somebody got on the drum and they started going. And I mean, they were having a wonderful time. And I thought, well, this is, this is pretty good, you know. And then all of a sudden, I started hearing unknown languages. I started hearing, I thought, oh, wow. This is, this is different than y'all. Um, I'm in the South, but this is like new, you know what I mean? I've never heard this. And, uh, and it was stretching me, man, stretching me, stretching me. And I... I just kind of hung in there, you know, but these people, and so the guy got up, gave, gave a great message, but I, I was just still having a hard time focusing on where I was and what was going on. And so, meeting's over with, I'm, I'm trying to get out of there, okay? But they weren't about to let me out <laughs> without praying for me. Uh, these people had to get their hands on me, and I thought, okay, you know, I've flipped motorcycles doing 45 miles an hour. I've done all kinds of stupid stuff. I can make it through here. I'm going to make it. <laughs> these, these are the thoughts going through my mind. I can make it. You know? So sure enough, they got around me and laid hands on me. And they started praying prayers like I've never heard before. Who knows? 
from heaven's view, what God saw, saw my life, saw that one day I would be a pastor. In His mercy, He had somebody full of the anointing that began praying powerful prayers over me. Began breaking things off of me. Didn't just herd me into some religious ritual without any power. I'm telling you that day something happened. A seed got planted in me. There was something that broke off of me. And I remember leaving that place going, that was weird, but it was alive. There was life in there. Weird, but alive. Paul's saying, church, you know, he's trying to help the church in Corinth, and I believe he'd be helping us today in, in our approach to the gifts of the Spirit at large. But he's saying, listen, don't quench these gifts, but understand how God wants them to function so that they can be effective, so they can hit the mark so they can accomplish what I've sent them to do. He says, so if you're all praying in tongues and there's no interpretation going on, people that come in are going to think you're kooky. And rightly so. (laughs) Basically, that's what he's saying. And rightly so. Because you're being kooky. You're talking to each other in tongues. Aren't you going to answer me? I mean, come on. He basically is saying that's what, that's what the church is doing. What are you doing? He's saying, listen, he that prays in an unknown tongue, he doesn't talk to men. He talks to God. So here's the deal. If you're in a worship service and in your space, you want to talk to God while you're worshiping in an unknown tongue, talk to God. You're not trying to talk to somebody. It's absolutely fine. Some people say, well, you can't pray in any kind of tongue in church unless there's an interpreter. Fooey on that. Pray in tongues to God. We're here to worship God. You can pray to God, but don't be praying a loud tongue like you're trying for other people to by the way god's not deaf so you don't have to scream in your personal prayer language to get god to hear you okay he's got excellent hearing last i checked i mean it was like spot on okay so if you're praying for personal edification go ahead pray talk to him enjoy the presence of god commune with god in your tongue but if there's something bigger than that I'm not going to do the drill anymore. (laughs) Something bigger than that in your spirit. Something that's not just you and God talking, but something where God's saying, I want to break through in this meeting into a situation that somebody in this room... You know what? You never know who's in a room. You never know what they're going through. You know, you might in a small church, you might think, oh, I know pretty much everybody here. But even then, I can't tell you what you walked in here with today. I don't know the bad news you got. I don't know. I have no idea. Something, you know, but the Spirit of God knows. And we give place to that, and wonderful things can happen. So, so he says this. It's a sign. He says, you know, if the unlearned comes in, they're going to think that you're crazy. But then verse 24, he says, But if all prophesy... Now this is tongues with an interpretation. He's not just talking about standard prophecy here because of the context, and that's part of Paul's needing to reword this passage. Well, you know, God for some reason decided to inspire it and write it. <laughs> you know, that's our, 
you know, I'm sure he was, whatever. It's, uh, yeah, I guess so, maybe, I don't know. But he's saying here, but if all prophesy, which we're talking about now, tongues with an interpretation, this is the powerful gift. If people come in and they hear this going on, a tongue and an interpretation, then, and they're, and they're coming one that believes not or is unlearned, he is convinced of all. He is judged of all. And thus are the secrets of his heart made manifest. And so falling down on his face, he will worship God and report that God is in you of a truth. He's saying, now isn't that better than people saying you're crazy? Wouldn't you rather have people saying when they come and they visit your local church, God is in that place. As opposed to, they are kooky, man. They're, they're wild. They're crazy. They're mad. They're lunatics. They're insane. They lost their minds. They're fanatics. You know, there, there's no reason for people to have to leave a charismatic meeting feeling that way. They ought to leave a meeting where the Holy Ghost is convinced that God was in that place because their hearts are made manifest. The Spirit of the Lord is there doing a deep work that forever changes them. Falling down on their face. Worshiping God. Alright, i got two more verses here. And your patience has been beautiful. How is it then, brethren, when you come together, every one of you has a psalm, has a doctrine, has a tongue, has a revelation, has an interpretation. Let all things be done unto edifying or building up. If any man speak in an unknown tongue, this is talking about prophetically with an interpreter, let it be by two or at the most by three and that by chorus and let one interpret. Okay, so he's saying if you're speaking in this kind of a tongue, limit it. And we don't have that problem right now. Okay, it's not like I got people, you know, bumping each other out of the way with a prophetic tongue and an utterance, but maybe we will. He's saying two or three, and let there be an interpretation for that tongue. Okay, but if there is no interpreter, let him keep silence in the church, and let him speak to himself and to God. So he's saying it's okay to speak to God in a tongue, but not like a public communication. Are we on the same page? You see that? It's okay to pray in tongues in church. So if you've been told it's not, I'm just telling you, I don't believe that's correct doctrine at all. It's absolutely okay to pray in tongues. But if you don't have an interpretation, then you pray to yourself and to God in your space. Are you with me? Good. Awesome. Okay. You got a question? Yes. Okay, so here's the question. How will you know <clears throat> if you have this kind of a tongue so the drill is no longer just spinning, but it's now in this different mode and you can feel it, okay, in your spirit that you've got this, like, tongue. How do you know if you have the interpretation for it or if someone else has the interpretation? All right. Well, here's my take on it. Take it for what it's worth. Paul says clearly 
if you pray in this kind of a tongue, you should also ask God for the interpretation or the gift of interpretation. You really kind of need these. You know, it's pointless to have a drill with a hammer function and no masonry bit. Because you're not going to take a regular wood cutting bit and try to cut concrete. I need really both of these gifts. So if you've got this gift of tongues um, for prophetic use and you don't have the gift of interpretation, you need to pray for it or know that somebody in the room's got it. If you don't feel like somebody's got that and you don't know, you know, here's the deal. God's so willing to work with us on this stuff. So you're, you're, yeah, by faith, you're much better to step out there. My recommendation would be this. We're in a, a meeting, time of worship, something, you know, the presence of God's in the room and all of a sudden you feel this bubbling up because that's basically how this gift would typically manifest, a bubbling up. You wouldn't know what it is that you're supposed to say in English or whatever language the people are in, but you'd know there was a word. And so you bring it, okay? My recommendation would be, if you don't have the interpretation, don't speak, wait. Wait. Because, no, no, no. You might not even have the interpretation. All you might have is this rumbling word, but it's not, you, don't, you don't have the, the English for it, Okay? You just have this, like prophecy means to bubble up. And I'm convinced when the spirit of prophecy, which is what this tongue would be like, okay, it's a prophetic, it's equal to prophecy, there's a bubbling up that happens. When that happens, okay, what you, what you want to do is let it roll. A tongue, okay, wait for the moment, you know. Listen, this, can be, this doesn't have to be complicated. It's kind of like jumping rope, okay. You're in a meeting, you know, and, and the, the, here's the flow of the meeting. We're in a time of worship, okay? Well, don't just try to bring a tongue when there's all kinds of noise going on in the room. Wait, wait, wait. There's an ebb. Wait, be discerning, and then step in, okay? Bring the tongue. If you don't have the interpretation, that's why Paul's saying, let it be by two or by three. Don't talk on top of each other. Let it make sense and let it hit the mark. If you don't have the interpretation, you wait. Somebody else in the room, if, you, if your gift was a legitimate thing from God, the tongue, then I believe that's probably because somebody's got the interpretation in the room, okay? And if, it, it, hopefully you know that. But if you don't know that there's somebody in the room with the gift of interpretation, sometimes you just got to risk it. Which brings me right to, you got a quick point there? Yeah. experience with the gift of interpretation of tongue, um, both personally in a personal prayer meeting in my home and in a prayer group at, at church, in a small prayer group, and it reminds me quite like prophecy. It's a bubbling up, and my girlfriend was praying in tongues, and I was sitting there in my journal, and I was journaling, and I was painting, and we were having worship time with the Lord, and all of a sudden... I started hearing what she was speaking in her prayer language in English, mm -hmm. in my spirit. But not like it was a direct translation. It was like you said, it's, the, it's not like a direct interpretation. It's, just it's not a translation, it's an interpretation. Yeah, it's yeah. an interpretation. And it was like I was hearing what the spirit was saying in English. And 
it was just it was the most beautiful thing and it was like I could just feel it and hear it just as clear as day in my spirit and when I shared it with her it 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 matched with what her spirit was feeling her, what the spirit was telling her, what she was getting from it. And she was painting a picture of, of something that matched even what I was saying. Hmm. I had another instance in a prayer meeting, the same thing. Another, a, a gentleman was praying in the spirit and I waited and I knew that it was not something for the whole church to hear. I knew it was a personal edification for him to hear. Hmm. But God had given me the interpretation, Amen. and He told me to hold it. Right. And, and and it was and it was the interpretation, and I and I wrote it down, and I gave it to Him, and and it could kind of be scary at first because it's kind of like, are you sure? Are you sure? But I love how you've lined it up with gift of prophecy because I've never heard it taught like that mm. very well or, or at all, and I and I think you hit it dead on because it acts like the gift of prophecy. Right, it's equal to it. It is, yeah. and I think that takes the confusion out and I think that can take that scariness that we feel, because I don't know about any of you guys, but I have sat in many a times where I have heard people praying in their prayer languages and I'm like, I can feel something bubbling up, God, but I don't know is it, is it, is it you? Should I say something? Is it for that person? Or whatever. But I, I think there's more interpretation of tongue out there than, than we are allowing to let flow amen. out. Yeah, um, yeah, amen. But That's it's right on. And it's yeah. there. And once you step out into it, it's not so scary. Yeah. <laughs> amen. You know, I like to thank you so much. That was awesome. I like to liken it. Like if you were trying to sight in a gun, if you were shooting a gun and you were trying to sight it in, you're never going to sight a gun in unless you shoot it. You shoot it. And then after you shoot it, you said, oh, it went a little to the left on the target. Then you adjust the sight a little bit, and you shoot it again. Oh, a little to the right, a little back, and you start fine-tuning. But you'll never adjust the sight or the accuracy of uh, a gun without shooting it. You've got to shoot it. And then they have modern things that kind of line the barrel up to the scope and stuff. But you've still got to shoot it to see if it's right, and then you make the adjustment. How are you ever going to be more accurate with your gift if you don't use it? You have to exercise the gift to use it. I'm going to end with this one little story. Arthur Burt, round the world in 88 years. Or this one's around the world in 80 years. He just went on to be with the Lord here not too long ago at 102 years old. But uh, interesting story with the gift of tongues and interpretation. <coughs> Sorry. <coughs> on my first trip to Israel, I stood by the Sea of Galilee with a group of 50 people, where we listened to the guide droning away in a lifeless monotone, telling the same old story he must have told daily for years. The Spirit of the Lord suddenly came upon me. I said, oh Lord, not here, not here, and I quenched the Spirit. The mercury in my spiritual thermometer went down to the freezing point. I lost my peace and I felt bad about quenching the Spirit, crying silently, Lord, please forgive me and help me. I am so sorry. I said, like Samson did, if you will only visit me once more, Lord, I'll yield to you. The Spirit of the Lord came upon me again. 
It was like the bursting of a dammed up river that came ripping through me as I cried out a message in tongues. Most of the people standing there were not even Christians, never mind Pentecostals. It startled and shook everyone there. After the message in tongues, I thought, well, nobody's going to interpret this unless I do. There was no interpreter there. He's like he waited and nothing happened. I, I held myself open and God gave me the interpretation. When I finished, there was dead silence except for the lap, lap of the waves of the shore. The poker-faced guide stared at me and a man whispered, that was tongues. <laughs> tongues, someone repeated. Yes, tongues, the crowd began to buzz. I stood there feeling like I was having a nightmare in which, <laughs> in which I was a condemned man. From that point on until the end of the tour, I was an outcast in that group, like a leper. <laughs> After two years, when I was ministering in a church in South England, a lady came up to me asking, do you remember me? No, I'm sorry, I don't. I was with you in that tour through Israel, she said. After you spoke in tongues, I didn't ever speak to you again because I was offended. But when I came back to England, I searched the scriptures and read what it said about tongues in the New Testament. The upshot of it all is that I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit along with my husband, and now we both speak in other tongues. My husband and I run a preparatory school for boys, and do you see that gallery up there? Do you see those boys? She pointed to a group of 16 boys. Almost every one of those boys has been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I just thought you would like to know. Whenever I think of that incident on the shores of the Sea of Galilee, I'm grateful God eventually let me know the results of my obedience to Him. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. How often do we... We don't flow out in these things because we think, this is going to make me like a leper <laughs> in the midst of the group, you know? But I'm telling you, simple obedience and the Spirit of God is going to do some wonderful and amazing things. Why don't you stand up on your feet today? We've gone a little longer than normal today, but it took that to get this out there. At least I feel like it took that to get it out there. So I appreciate, again, your attentiveness today. <clears throat> I believe this morning, this doesn't have to be something complicated at all. I just believe we can in simple faith ask from the Lord today. And, and maybe you're one of these people that have been sitting on this thing, and maybe you didn't know. Now you do. Now, now you've got a better feeling for how it manifests and what God's wanting to do. And I just think we need to just take a moment and pray. And simple faith here. Just ask God. Lord, I, I just want to personally thank you. Like this drill motor here today that has this added feature for breaking through hard places. God, I want to thank you that you chose to give to your church this amazing gift of tongues and interpretation for the 
building and the cracking through of those hard places. I want to thank you today that you've not left us out, Lord. Lord, if we've somehow neglected the gift, I pray you'd forgive us. Lord, if we've been ashamed of it, I pray you'd forgive us. Lord, I thank you for giving us understanding of how these gifts flow so that we would allow them to to function the way you had in mind. I thank you, Lord, that people wouldn't come in here and think we're crazy, but they would rather say God is in that place. Lord, I thank you for such wisdom and understanding flowing to us, Lord, that these gifts would be fully manifest to bring health to the body, to bring salvation to the lost, signs and wonders to those that are stuck in religion, stuck in the predictable, Lord. I thank you for the grace to shake all that stuff off. And Lord, we we just ask you today boldly for this gift and for the gift of interpretation, Lord, and and just the, the kind of faith and the grace necessary to not be afraid to function here. Lord, I know it's strange. I know it it creates some stuff, but we don't have to let it land there. It can land with the word from God. I thank you for that. We receive it now. We receive it, Father. (laughs) Thank you for it. Jesus, beautiful, beautiful name.